Welcome to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, where we delve into the depths of what it means to be a man in today's world, and we explore the real-life challenges and triumphs that you and I face every single day. My name is Hector Santi Esteban, and I come with no answers, only questions for some of the most wise, insightful, and grounded men that I know. So get settled in. You're listening to Modern Masculinity. Fellas, what's going on? I hope this episode finds you well, and I hope this episode leaves you better than when it found you. And I'm very confident in that today. Today's episode is with John Sarasani, and he is an absolute riot. I stumbled on his page on Instagram, and I was like, I've got to have this guy on the show. And his focus is helping W-2 workers get out of that mindset and and go out and start their own business and and give themselves a a 2,000% raise. That's kind of his thing. And um, he's just a fireball. He's an uh, awesome guy to be around and listen to and learn from. So enough of me, y'all. Let's get into today's interview with John Sarasani. John, welcome to the Modern Masculinity Podcast. Thanks for being here, my man. Happy to be here. Excited to be here. If someone were to be following you on social media, they'd know everything that you're doing. From the outside, like, this guy's got everything. He's got it made. Everything is perfect for this guy. And perhaps there are those moments where it feels that way. But I'd like to start the show off with what's real. Because there's got to be like something where you're saying, you don't understand I'm dealing with this and this. Or are those things that are still coming up for you? My real struggle came years ago when I took the biggest risk when I had a little kid at home. And had a mortgage and all this other shit to quit my fucking 140 grand a year job for a shot in the dark to build my own business where I didn't even have any fucking money and I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills each month. That was when the real struggle is. And, and that struggle put me in a position, man, where I really am living the life I want to right now. All that said, though, I don't want to avoid your question. <laughs> Doesn't matter how much money you have, man. You can't buy your health. Okay. Actually, some people say Tom Brady buys his health. So maybe there is a way to do it. I I don't know how to do it yet, but uh, it's real, man. I'm 46 years old now, bro. And I lost about 30 pounds these last few months. And I did that for a reason, man. I want to be here when I got grandkids and I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon, man. So you got to start playing with your health, paying more attention to your health. I was a college football player back in the day. And those injuries catch up to you, man, though now 25 years later. In addition to that, brother, I'm a single parent, man. I got two teenage kids. That brings a whole nother element. Now, if you watch my social media closely, you'll see them incorporated into my stuff. I always got a other teenager, so I always got to be have that delicate balance not to embarrass my kids. But there are things. Like I had one the other day. Actually, it was more closer to Halloween now at this point. But I told my son I was going to go pick up donuts. And him and his friends were having a sleepover. And he called me on my cell phone. And said to make sure I get him a pumpkin spiced latte. And I'm like, who the fuck is, are you my kid? And I, I hung up and didn't get him anything. I don't know. There's a couple of things. I want to go back to this story about you taking the leap and making it happen. and jump. I think there's so much there that a lot of guys are going through that same thing. When you look at the kids of these days, especially you've got teenagers, I wouldn't say that you're like a traditional kind of guy, but you've got some hard nose, no bullshit, pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality. And I just feel like that's not the norm for today's kids, if you will. They were both raised that way the whole damn time. My daughter now, she's actually not even a teenager anymore. She's 20. And I got to tell you, man, I wish that when she was 16 and 17 years old, I had like the social media presence that I do now. What I have with my 15 year old that I didn't have with my daughter is that they think I'm cool now. 
Okay. They think like my Instagram is cool. They're vibing what I'm doing and their friends all follow me and think, oh, Mr. Sarasani's on Instagram. Did you see his latest post? And they all think it's funny. When my daughter was 16 and 17, I didn't have that presence. And that was not the case. I was dealing with a teenage girl that thought her dad was a dork and didn't want anything to do with me. Now the tides have changed. I wish I would have had that with her a few years ago. And who knows, raising a teenage daughter is, (laughs) I don't think it's easy for anybody. I was living in downtown Chicago at the Trump Tower, man, and walking to work each day, skipping to work, buddy. I had the world do it. And I remember even pinching myself. This is a nice little life I have here. My daughter and her mom lived in Lincoln Park, which was a little bit further from here. And my daughter would stay with me on the weekends and during the week. And when she got a little older, a little bit more often. And my son, who's a different mom, lived down in Dallas. And there were some circumstances in his life that changed. His mom's there, there is awesome, and the family's there is awesome, but we just made the decision, you know what, he needs to be coming and living with his dad. If this was a little kid, he was in fourth grade. You go from fucking skipping to work every fucking day, and then my daughter was in eighth grade at the time. I want to live with my little brother, dad, so now all of a sudden she moves in with me too. And her mom was fine with it because they were both only children and now they got to be together. I'm like, all right, <laughs> it's me and these two kids now, buddy. Uh, and yeah. and I ultimately made the decision that Trump Tower and raising them that life ain't, ain't the move. I need to get out to the damn suburbs. So literally in about a seven month period, I went from skipping to work, not a care in the world, having yes, sir, no, sir, doorman opening me, asking me what I want, what time I want my creme brulee at night from room service to buying a big ass house in the fucking suburbs and living out here with my two kids and learning suburb life, which isn't always the most welcoming thing when you move into an affluent neighborhood and you're not really a golf club, a golfer, you're not really a country club type of guy. You're single. Everybody else is fucking married couples. You know what I mean? It's, you got to find, takes a little bit to find your footing, man. And that's what 2018 through, really through about, well, probably till about now. No, I'm just kidding. But 2018 to about 2020 was life-changing things going on. That was it for me right there. Simultaneous to that, the suburb I picked was next to the town I grew up in. It was a little more affluent than the town I grew up in. And my dad had lived out there. I thought it'd be cool for my kids to be close to my dad because my mom had passed away a few years earlier. And then literally fucking, we moved out here in July of 2018, November of 2018. My dad has a heart attack and dies out of a clear blue sky. He wasn't out here now with my kids for no fucking reason my dad was a big part of the reason we pulled out there but you take it as it comes man you take life as it comes bro and you try to roll with those punches i've got to imagine especially for a guy like you who takes so much of what you talk about and preaches taking your personal responsibility and getting out and doing your shit and not waiting for other people to do it for you i have two kids as well and and was the primary parent for a large period of time and, and it's hard when you also have ambitions and you also want to chase and build this thing. And so I'm wondering how you navigated that whole thing. You know that you're building something you want to build or like internally. I don't know. I feel like a part of me had to die for a while. And and I'm just starting to resurrect that part of me because my kids are four and five. And so mm. it's still at that battle. But I'm curious what that was like and how you navigated that part. I always self-deprecate a little bit with that stuff because I've always been a great dad and everything, man. And especially if you looked at my life the last really six, seven years, I'm raising both of these kids on my own. I've gotten a lot of, hey, good job, John. And, but I always self-deprecate, hey, I, I got these teenage years, but when they were little kids, they weren't living with me. <laughs> they were living with their moms. I was the every other weekend, Wednesday night. I made the most of that shit. But what really allowed me to do, man, was dive full force into my job, man, and into building my company. I was working my freaking rear end off, brother. And it would have been extremely 
difficult, especially with my daughter. If I had full custody of my daughter when I was starting this company, my son came a little bit later, it would have been very difficult. I just would have had to be organized. I would have had to rely on third parties to watch my kid. It would have been very difficult. I would have had to be something I didn't have to. It was a challenge I didn't have to worry about because they're both living with their moms. What's that like now that they're a little bit older? Is that a balance? Is it a dance? Is it harmony? Or is it like just moving with the chaos? Like, how's that look now? It's pretty exciting now, man. My daughter takes after me a little bit and her mom a little bit. She's just all over the place with things. You know, I get a call. Hey, dad, I'm moving to Miami. Stacey, you go to college at Iowa. Well, I'm going to keep going to college at Iowa. I'm going to take online classes, but uh, I'm going to do it from Miami now. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? You know what I mean? Like, That's par for the course these days. That's like what the kids do, no? <laughs> Bro, it's most pandemic shit. And her grades are like better than they've ever been because all these kids are taking online classes now. Okay, all of a sudden you're a straight A student. Okay, what the hell's going on here? She was never a bad student. It's you got to just go with it, man. My son is, they all roll with the punches, man. My, my son is very responsible. You could tell they're different. You have different moms. They, they just operate very differently, the two of them. But at the same time, they love each other a lot. And they just go with the flow, man. It's funny with my son and his friends. They'll come over and be like, hey, Mr. Sarasani, you want to play some blackjack? And thinking to myself, why do these kids want to play blackjack with me? Because they're waiting for me to put it on Instagram Live. They want me to put it on Instagram Live so everyone could see. <laughs> What's the age gap? My son's 15 and my daughter's 20. Okay. It's about five years. Yeah, mine are 13 months and they just fight nonstop. I'm like an MMA referee the other day. 13 months, man. Oh, still is a little nuts. We're getting out of it a little bit. But my son, he's much softer and kinder and he's the artist. And my daughter, she'll fucking grab anything sharp that's closer and she will just go at it. It raised my blood pressure for sure. But I'm looking forward to the days where they can figure their shit out. Let's go to this 2000% raise because that's one thing that I I really wanted to get you on here because like for some strange reason, someone like you is needed and necessary, but also like hard to find like the idea of hard work. I'm just guessing at what your ethos is, but for whatever reason, obviously you're resonating, but it also seems like you're probably pissing a lot of people off just by who you are and the message that you're putting out there. Am I off base for saying that? No, you're right. And what's interesting, though, is that it all came almost by accident, man. If you're an influencer, right, your style goes with where you're getting the reaction. You can start posting the more things that, okay, this topic was very popular and had a lot of views and a lot of likes. Maybe I'll keep posting that direction, you know what I mean? Rather than just being general all over the place. And I think it's just a natural thing that even either happens at either conscious or subconscious level. When I was like a micro-influencer, really just putting good business stuff up there, I would talk about the differences of being a W-2 employee versus being a business owner. And I would always make a reference to high-paid salespeople in business-to-business environments could pivot out and go on their own. Their job is the hardest job of that company. Everything else could be duplicated or learned, whatever the fuck you're selling. And uh, maybe you need some capital for it, but it can be, all right? The qualified salesperson is, is the tough job. And I put a couple posts out there that kind of like just ripped on the idea of working for someone else with that context in mind. And one of my really good friends started commenting on posts like this. And he's a W-2 guy and he works in corporate America and he's gone up the chain of command or whatever. But he just in his comments to me, on, on my fucking page, I like text him. I go, dude, other people can see this shit, right? What the fuck are you doing? But it triggered something to me because I realized how pissed people were getting about this fucking messaging. But at the same time, I saw this other 
thing going on where people were getting super fucking motivated by it. And then there was people in between that were like, okay, they still cared. They just didn't get really pissed or not. It was still relevant to them. What a subject matter here. And I think that there is no way that I'm the only person that feels the way I feel about corporate America. But I do think that I may be the only person that fucking talks about it on Instagram. And, and the reason why is because I'm fucking independently wealthy, dude. I'm not out here trying to sell people a class or a course. I'm not trying to get speaking engagements at AT&T's fucking sales conference next fucking year. All these other motherfuckers got to choose their words, bro. They got to choose their fucking words. I truly don't give a fuck. I will say exactly what I fucking mean. Now, if you want to give me credit for having unique thoughts, go ahead and give me credit for it. But I think I'm the only one that's fucking not scared to say it. That's the only difference about me. You are shooting at the people that are paying all these people's salaries. And I'd imagine that so many of them are afraid to step outside of that cushy kind of thing. I was fortunate to get into sales out of high school and college and did that afterwards. And I was a sales manager and made way more money than any 24, 25 year old should be making, but also blew way more money than any 24 or 25 year old should blow right. as well. And the only thing that pushed me to make that leap and find something else was having a kid. I was like, there's no way I can be spending 16 hours at the, at the office, six days a week, and still try and be a dad that I wanted to be. You made a similar decision in terms of leaving that sort of lifestyle. I would love to just talk about what that was like. I wanted to comment on something you just said there, man, because I actually just made a reel about this. Unfortunately, once you start doing fucking math, a lot of people have all these goals, all this ambition, right? Hey, I want to have a second home and fucking on a beach somewhere. And it doesn't have to be fucking Malibu, just on a beach, okay? Maybe it's 250 grand. And I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to retire in my mid 50s. I want to be able to A, B, and C, my kid to go to all the travel hockey. I want to go skiing twice a year with my whole family. Do the fucking math. What is your W 2 income? What's got to fall into place for you to be able to live this lifestyle and these goals that you want? A lot of people will be like, oh, before I was married, we kept my wife's condo in the city and we rent that out now. Okay, great. You think you're going to get fucking rich off that fucking two flat, dude? A lot of shit has to fucking fall into place for you for all of that to come to fruition. So unfortunately, what a lot of people do, Hector, is instead of keeping their goals and changing how they're going to get them in terms of like how they make money to make more money. They don't look at it that way. Their routine stays and their goals change. Now, why the fuck would you do that? That's fucking backwards. And the easiest fucking way out of that routine is leaving corporate America and fucking working for yourself because sky's the limit on how much you can make. And if you sell that fucking company like I did at 37 years old, you could become a multi-fucking millionaire. Such opportunities don't exist as an employee working for someone else. So 2000% raise, it's a great name. Is there a framework or a philosophy or a mindset or an ethos or what does that get distilled down to? Yeah, when it first started, man, it was really just geared towards, I didn't really realize it would take the life of its own on sector. I started finding out that people are motivated by this and it's not just business to business salespeople and high end jobs that the message was originally intended for. I put a thing up on uh, Instagram once where I said, hey man, listen, I know this isn't everyone's cup of tea. If you're a teacher, if you're a cop, if you're a whatever, W-2 employees are good. That's the life you chose. We need you. Thank you. Be keeping a W-2. Hector, 
I got flooded with DMs. I shit you fucking not by teachers and cops saying, fuck you. A lot of us here at the police station follow you, buddy. We're motivated by you. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't leave us cops out. A lot of us are union pension. We're going to be retired in our 50s. A lot of us have side hustles right fucking now. We are watching you and we love you, man. I was like, damn, dude. By the way, this all happening fast, bro. That was like March of 2023. I got that kind of message, bro. So I would have probably a couple hundred thousand, but it was like 20,000 in March of 2023. You know what I mean? And you got people engaged, bro. The person to answer your question that this is for is the person that had the light bulb go off and that they're realizing it. And maybe they're realizing it because of the shit I'm saying. <laughs> but hey, this ain't going to work. This ain't it society's keeping me in this box and I could do something freaking bigger. If I want to live that lifestyle, all right, finally, here's somebody on Instagram that's not full of shit. That's not some 25-year-old pretending he makes $3 million a month and selling you sales funnels. This is a guy that actually did it. And he's saying there's nothing special about him. All he did was just have an epiphany to put himself on top of the org chart. And in that process, gave himself literally a 2,000% raise. Holy shit. Wait, he's from Schaumburg, Schaumburg, Illinois, middle America. That's me. I could be that guy. My dad told me a story recently. He's worked uh, 20 some odd years at Allstate, big insurance company. And what he's saying is that some of the kids these days, they're coming in and they're getting hired right out of college, six figure salary. They don't have jack shit for actual real knowledge on how to do the job. And then he says, and then three months in, or as soon as they can, they get past probation, they take distress pay or like stress pay, go on stress leave because yeah. shit's too stressful. It's too hard. And so they're getting this normal salary to just hang out at home. And he's sitting there. His mind is fucking boggled. Are you in Chicago, by the way? Southern California. Is your dad in Chicago? Because all states based in Chicago. Is your dad in Chicago? He went out there quite a bit. That's where they're headquartered. He's one of the few employees out here in, in California still because they wrapped up shop. But I say that because that mentality is so far from what you're saying. Mm -hmm. The ability to get out of that <laughs> box, to get out of that system, it's like so far. And I got to imagine that you're dealing with just pushback and yeah, buts and bullshit and excuses and stuff. So like, what are, are there common excuses or common reasons that people are fighting for the system still? Gosh, that's a great question. There's a lot of excuses on why people won't do it. Is that indirectly fighting for the system? Maybe. I think a lot of people are just conditioned to believe that people like me are special or lucky. And it's not as easy as I make it sound. And in some industries, maybe it's not, man. I just had a guy in, in Silicon Valley DM me the other day that he loves my messaging. He goes, but I'm a W-2 employee. I'm making a lot of money as a W-2 employee. I'm making like 900 grand. I'm like, good for you, bro. <laughs> if I was making that as a W-2, I don't know if I would have left. He goes, I can't leave because I'm in mortgages. I go, well, what do you mean? You go be an independent mortgage guy. What do you mean? Nah, Silicon Valley is dominated by these five banks and all my businesses here, high net worth people. I've built my business and you got to be at Chase or one of these guys. Okay, well, I learned something. Let's assume that's true. He goes, fuck it, John. It doesn't matter. I'm not going back and forth with you tit for tat. I'm telling you, your message, bro resonate. You're trying to get people to get their head out and be the best that they could be. You're opening up people's eyes to shit they can't see. And thank you for that. Literally, a W-2 employee sent me that. So as far as your question is concerned, that kind of goes along with it, right? I know I digressed a little bit there, but that kind of goes along with this. People are like tunnel visioned on climbing 
that corporate ladder, they start to put emphasis and a value system on things that are not of value. All right. I have a book, 2000% Raise, that, and I also wrote this other book here, Paid Training. I wrote this back in 2011. I don't even market it anymore because, although some people tell me this is fucking great because you hear my voice when I was still like in the grind in this one. But one of the things I talk about in both of the books is job titles. Think about that, man. We could make this competitive environment as a corporation for all of these people working for us without costing ourselves a dime. We'll just fuck around with the org chart and change job titles along. And you know what? It's going to fucking work perfectly because Cindy is going to work that much harder to be regular director when somebody else is the now assistant director for her to get that role. And we're going to pay her a couple grand more. So I think people are just so lost in that environment, Hector, that they just can't see anything else. As far as the defense of the system itself, Honestly, bro, I don't get a lot of pushback specific to that. The W-2s who don't resonate, they just keep scrolling. It's actually encouraging to hear that because I think that it's a sign that people are waking up, that there is some sort of different path. The nice thing that I enjoy about your message, too, is that for the people who see this and they go, I want to pursue that, you also aren't necessarily painting it out to be rainbows and cupcakes every day. You're also very real about the journey and what it takes and what it's required and what it, you show both sides of it, which I think is also a big problem with a lot of modern influencers that are sitting on the Lamborghinis and they're flashing their whatevers is that they're not talking about the actual or the real part of it or the part that's that probably is takes a bigger percentage than sitting on the yachts does. One of the things I talk a lot about is staying under the radar screen. You start your company and if it's in the same industry as your former employer, which is what I try to encourage people to do learn the trade on somebody else's dime learn the industry and learn thing you don't know what you don't know go learn it working for someone else now pivot out and start your own company when you do that though you want to stay off the radar screen of people like your former employer <laughs> they'll come squash you you know what i mean and if you're out there flexing driving freaking ferraris and shit and telling everyone how rich you are and how successful you are and how you stole these clients or these clients followed you or after your non-compete was up you took 800 grand of business dude just shut the up <laughs> just make a bunch of money i didn't even name my company after me bro i'm like dude i don't want anyone i worked for northwest comprehensive who is that that's this insurance giant and they're obviously northwest comprehensive so they must be big well it's my fucking company ma'am it was my company i went to northwestern university i grew up in the northwest suburbs of chicago northwest insurance was already taken so i went to uh, thesaurus.com in 2005 typed in insurance and comprehensive came up northwest comprehensive now that's a good named company never told people i was the president or the owner or the ceo Wow, that's John Sarasani. He's a pretty sharp sales guy. That Northwest Comprehensive Company must be pretty damn good. You know what? In fact, hey, I think we worked with them back in the 90s. No, the, did we work with them? Like people were literally making that mistake. Now, if I'm out there saying, hey, this is John Sarasani. I'm rich. Look at my Ferrari. And I'm the president of Sarasani Insurance Services. Dude, forget about it, bro. That shit don't work anywhere. It might work in like fucking real estate and that kind of shit. I don't buy into that shit. I think it's garbage, even in real estate and direct-to-consumer sales. I, I think it's a bad move. But definitely in business-to-business -business sales, I think it's a terrible way to, to go about things. When it comes to the slamming the hammer or sharpening mm. your saw, think back to my sales days, call daily sorts of things, that these routines, if you will. Are there things that you 
suggest or prescribe? These are the things that you want to be doing regularly or consistently. Are there kind of hallmark activities that you'd like to suggest? Definitely making time each day, preferably each day, but definitely each week to market to prospective clients that aren't familiar with you. I'd go to the office each day and I'd have my, I'd take a piece of paper like this and I'd write down, okay, I want my to-do list for the day. A lot of people just put it in their Outlook calendar, not me. I'd actually write the shit down and I'd check off the boxes as I fucking go. And every day, there would be 45 minutes of cold calls on there. Now, it could be phone cold calls. It could be email marketing. It could be whatever. But every day that would be on there. Now, it didn't always happen each day. It would be the first thing that would fall off if there was other service things that popped up. Organizing your days like that and making sure that you're setting aside time for prospecting efforts is key. And another thing, man, anybody that wants to go into business for themselves, and I'm not saying you need to, Okay, and if you start following my page, you're going to see that the message is bigger than just professional life. But if you do want to go into business for yourself, learn how to sell. You need to have a way to bring in revenue. I don't give a shit if you're 35 or 40 years old and you worked in home office forever and you think the sales reps are a bunch of fucking morons because you do whatever your little vertical is way better than them and they can't fucking even tie their shoes. Okay. They're bringing in revenue. It's a totally different skill set. You need to learn how to bring in revenue and actually sell before you go out and be an entrepreneur. It's so important that you might have some interesting thoughts on selling. It doesn't have to mean walking into someone's office or how. What's interesting is you've adopted this new medium of selling or of marketing through social media and Instagram. How's that journey evolved for you? Do you look at it as like a, a marketing tool? You know, I don't really have a product anymore. I sold my company in 2015 and I had to work there for a few years after. So <laughs> I've been kind of retired the last few years. I do get leads off social media because I do venture capital. So I'll partner with companies and do that kind of shit. But as far as like traditional clients, that kind of stuff, I don't do anything with that. I will say this, however, you're correct that there is many different ways to sell. And a better way to say it might be that you don't necessarily need to learn how to sell, but you better have a way you're going to bring in clients, whatever that mousetrap is, okay? If it's internet marketing, if it's one of the things I would do is I would go to trade shows. Dude, I was fucking making millions of dollars a year standing at a fucking booth, handing out magnets to people. People are like, who the fuck is this company? <laughs> they think I'm just some fucking guy that works for this company, man. Hey, man, love to give you a call sometime. And they're walking away. They're like, that guy was pretty sharp. Let's check his company out. Again, they don't know I'm the owner of the company, man. I'm there to inflate my company not inflate my ego in my head, okay? So I think holistically, whatever the hell you're going to do with your company, tie all that in together. Yeah. You talked about your health journey and kind of losing a bunch of, you kind of in shape or I don't think it's just about losing weight. I've seen that I'm sure that there's some strength and size even along with that. So I want to touch on that. But is, when it comes to 2000% raise, for the guys who are out there, specifically, they're not in this world, right? They're at their job. One of my best yeah. buddies, he's a fireman. Another guy works, he's like a medical assistant kind of thing, right? It's like so far from what you're talking about. But I got to know that they're, I know that they want out. So outside of that awareness, is there another kind of first or second or intermediate step that you might recommend before making the leap? Yeah. Put your head on a swivel to find complementary industries. Okay. So two that would come to mind in that example, right, is there's a lot of police officers that have that ambition to be entrepreneurs and they turn around and start secure at private security companies on the side. Okay. Another thing with if you're a medical assistant or something like that, I have a friend of mine 
that was a firefighter and he pivoted out, got a job as a company that was selling like first aid supplies for ambulances and worked there for a year and a half and then pivoted out of that and started his own company doing the exact same thing. Okay. So his experience in that realm of being a paramedic got put him in a position to get a halfway decent job as a salesperson at this company doing something. Then after a year and a half there, he pivoted out. It's not going to be something that happens overnight, man. This is not a union. Okay. This is not a collective bargaining agreement where you just stomp your feet and you get better benefits or more vacation. All right. (laughs) You're only accountable to you. You're the only one there. So you got to create it yourself. Yeah. I love this. It's just real raw insight that, that I think isn't sugarcoated. And perhaps that's what we're seeing on social media is just that people are just too afraid to just, just speak their truth and, and be real. When it comes to, to health and fitness, what's that journey been like? Is that something that were you always someone to look at? You're like a pretty in shape guy. Is that always <laughs> been there? Was that a, a recent kind of thing? How did that evolve? Bro. Okay. So I played tight end at Notre Dame. All right. And <laughs> when I got out of college, I had an injury that prevented me to keep playing in the NFL. But after college, I go into white collar America, start eating as if I'm still in college, but I'm not working out four hours a day anymore. So really from age 25 to about now, my my weight has historically fluctuated. Had a lot of success in my 30s by discovering the Atkins diet, the low carb new diet revolution. And people will diss that diet so heavily, but everyone makes fun of that diet. But read the book, everything he's saying in that book. Didn't they just rebrand it to a ketogenic diet and then slap the new name on it and kept running? Exactly, dude. Now it's keto, a South Beach diet. For You can't maintain Ad- Atkins. Listen, motherfucker, when people say that, it, it tells me right away they haven't actually read the book because there's phases of it. And the last phase is introducing a lot of carbs into your diet. Very similar to keto, what everyone's on right now, by the way. But we'll leave. Oh, no, the carnivore diet. That's different. I actually read the fucking book. So anyone wants to debate me on this shit I got all day because I've lived it too. I've lived the diet. Now, I will say, like all diets, but especially Atkins, <laughs> very difficult to do if you plan on drinking alcohol. Not because alcohol has carbs, because you could pick alcohol that doesn't have any carbs, like vodka, all right? But that next morning, because you're already dehydrated by having no carbs in your system, all right? You go out for a couple glasses of vodka, that next morning's going to be brutal, man. So you got to be able to fight your way through that, all right? And I learned as I got older, that fight's more and more difficult, Hector, to win. I'm one that will not give up. Me not drinking is not on my plan. It's not on my agenda. I I enjoy it. I don't have a problem with it. It makes sense that you're you're ahead of your time in terms of these diets things because the carnivore diet, ketogenic, I just, I'll try and avoid as many carbs as I can because I just feel like shit afterwards. That's not the standard American diet, right? When you look at at what the, whoever the health organizations or whatever that they're putting out, it's Mm. all just like carbs and bread and fucking wheat and oats and all this kinds of stuff. So, So I'm not surprised that you were ahead of the curve on that and that was a big part of kind of the health. And there's ways to do it right now, too, man. My guy, Bruce Cardenas, he reached out to me on Instagram. He's out in Cali. He has a company called Legendary Foods, and it's all low carb, and the shit is unreal how good it is. Back when I was doing the Atkins diet, all those Atkins bars, all those low carb bars, if you look at the ingredients on the side, they're all super high in sugar alcohol which it doesn't count against your carbs and dietary fiber. And the problem is all the stuff that tasted good would have the fake chocolate on it. And if you eat too much of that shit, bro, 
Like I'm talking about keeled over like someone stabbing you in the damn side, bro. I'm not kidding you, dude. I think a lot of those are off the market now. There used to be these gummy worms that people would eat. And you eat too many of those motherfuckers, you're done. You're not moving off your couch for two days. So, anyway. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I always remember people had these weird ideas about the Atkins diet. And I think that you, they just thought you were just chowing down Big Mac patties all day. Yeah, actually, you could do that. The problem is what people don't realize is that you are taking in less calories by not having the bun and everything else on it. And, and by not having the carbs, there's no push on your insulin. So you don't crave carbs. So if you could get past those first few days of not having carbs, you feel like shit those first few days keep them out of your system the cravings go away and it becomes really easy to do unless you're a dickhead like me and starts drinking alcohol with it when you said about the alcohol the hangover is definitely the morning afters but i also thought that it's just hard to avoid the breakfast burrito after the 2 a.m from the food truck outside the bar food that's open after establishments close is just never never good for that i was so locked into that diet for a while but i could remember back in 2007 to 2009 there was a subway i was living in downtown chicago there's a subway restaurant a block away from me and they had the low carb wraps at the time okay atkins diet had started to phase out they were four gram fucking wraps. I was getting, this is fucking great. I'm going to Subway every day and I'm using these fucking wraps instead of bread. This is the best thing fucking ever. Subway motherfuckers to this day, Hector. I think I could have started a class action lawsuit against Atkins for Atkins diet people that were using Subway. They changed it. They just stopped advertising as low carb and they put carbs in their wraps. I don't know why. I got unpopular or whatever. I didn't fucking realize it. So after like six months, I'm like, dude, why the fuck can I not lose any more fucking weight? And when you're every day, bro, eating freaking a hamburger with no bread, you're eating fucking lettuce with no ranch dressing on it. You're watching, you're taking, pulling tomatoes, even the tomatoes that have carbs off the damn thing. And then your whole diet's getting fucked up because Subway didn't tell you that the wraps now have carbs in it. It's 50. I'm pissed. I'm still pissed. I remember I, I would go in the morning, my dad would pick up for like 10 minutes, and then I'd get to school, and by 9 o'clock, I'd feel like shit, just like head down on the desk, and my teacher yeah. would be like, why are you so tired? It's 9 o'clock. Yep. And I started yep. to realize how carbs really put me into this food coma, and so I started to not eat in the morning, so I, mm. a lot of times I don't eat till 3, 4, sometimes a little later, and that's helped immensely. I, I don't have that those kind of energy dips, but also it's hard to eat as too many calories when you're only constricting it. it takes some discipline takes a little bit of fighting through and it's not always comfortable all these former football players like we're all used to like our weights going like this so a lot of us have just over the years just tried different things but i've heard from a number of people though that the fasting is huge that you drop the weight fast on that yeah, I just had to switch up when I was working out and when I was eating because for a while I was like shriveling up. My mother-in-law, she's like, you're getting too skinny. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm working out, I'm lifting weights, but I just, I wasn't eating enough and not at the right times to contain it. What do you think of the new shit, the drug everyone's taking, Ozempic and that kind of stuff? Do you know anything about that? <laughs> That's like the fat pill, right? The shot that you take, there's com- now that I said it, you'll see commercials all the time. It literally makes you not want to eat, but... I try it. It's for it's supposed to be for people that are pre-diabetic, but they have it in the aftermarket. You could get it. And uh, anyway, someone gave me something. I tried it. <laughs> I, I I go, yeah, this probably fucking works because I fucking feel like I got the fucking flu. I'm nauseous. Oh, yeah. One of the side effects is flu-like symptoms. I would rather be fat, dude. I don't want to feel like I have the flu all day. Those types of things seem scary to me when you skip the work in any sort of thing. 
you're not seeing the full effects of that stuff, right? That's the furthest thing from natural. And that scares me. When I think about like, oh, eating once a day when our ancestors and cavemen were out fucking foraging and hunting. Yeah, they probably weren't eating three meals a day and snacking in between and getting all that. Like, it's probably not how it works. So I try and revert to that and then utilize some of the science. But when it gets too weird, I back off from that. I think you're right. That's funny. (laughs) John, this this has been a a fantastic conversation and I appreciate you making some time because I know you're traveling and you're doing all sorts of things. You've got your own show. You've got your own podcast. I'd love to share a little bit about that and then where people might be able to connect with you further or deeper in your world. Most of my stuff's through Instagram. I have a website, 2000percentraise.com, 2000, the word percent, raise.com. I have a membership group. It's free. We do events all, all over the country, really, which are a lot of fun, a lot of entrepreneurial networking and content. So you want to check that out. Um, cool merchandise on the website as well. Most of the actions on Instagram and then TikTok. I, I don't usually go on TikTok personally. I have someone else post for me there, so don't try to interact with me there. But uh, John Sarasani, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, YouTube. John, last question for you here. In your opinion, what's the definition of modern masculinity? I got to tell you, man. I See, if it wasn't the name of your show, the first thing that came to my mind was how people are feeding right now the fucking system to a fitness standpoint, everything we were kind of talking about with testosterone replacement and everything else. But I know that's not what you're asking me right now. I would say the definition of no, no for real. So they're shooting shit up to... If someone on the street fucking said, what's your definition of modern masculinity? And, and I didn't know you and we weren't on your show right now, I would think about a bunch of motherfuckers cheating and cutting corners at the fucking gym. That's what it is. I think it's a reason why I started the show is because I think that sort of mindset, perhaps it works out now, but if we look up in 10, 20, 30, 40 years and we keep that same mindset, we keep taking shots to not eat or we keep shooting yeah. trend or whatever these kinds of things are to yep. make us bigger. We start doing that with our bodies. We're also doing that like with everything else in society. I can't see that leading to anything worth like enjoying. It's a good point. So I think you're right. That's yeah. but And that frame is also why I'm like, fuck. It's scary that guys are, the suicide rates are like four times the amount of women, the deaths of despair, they're dying by suicide and drug overdose and car crashes. Like they are, they're suffering. And I think that all of this is, you're talking about, it's like, that's what's out there right now. And I think it's a big problem. I I think you're right. I'm going to give you a real uh, serious answer to your question though. I would say that the definition right now should be being confident in yourself and having your own confidence other rather than like societal benchmarks if you really look at like last 20 years right we had a tv show modern family it's it's the traditional marriage and having a wife and kids is not necessarily the norm i think maybe 30 years ago to be a good father to be a good husband to have this to have that corporate position that you're up there in i don't think that they're necessarily specific benchmarks like that we could look to Um, having confidence in yourself living your life in a way that you could be proud of You could sit there and look at yourself in the mirror every night, liking yourself, you know, something to strive for. I love it. Fellas, I want to thank you guys for sticking with us today. I encourage you to go get connected with John on Instagram take a listen to this podcast as well. If you know a guy who needs to hear this, whether you know a guy who's in a W-2 or thinking about getting out and needs to be shaken a little bit or woken up, would appreciate you sending in this episode. The last thing is, let's check in on guys. There's probably a guy out there who's waiting for someone to check in and see if they're good. Send him a message and uh, help a brother out and uh, let's build this tribe together. We appreciate you being here, y'all. We'll see you on the next one. Later, fellas.